We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome to a special episode here of Outside the Trenches, and you know what we're going to talk about, and that is the news of the day and that the Chiefs have signed former Jets and Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell, and to break it all down, we welcome on ESPN's Fantasy Insider and everything and former Chiefs employee, Field Yates. Field, how are we doing tonight, man? Appreciate you taking the time. Doing well. Good to be on with you and uh, certainly have no shortage of news to dive into. That makes an already exciting conversation that much better. Yeah, I, I appreciate how we were texting back and forth. Like, it's got to be official. It's got to be official. Like, let's do this when it becomes official. But I'm excited to do that. And the first question I've got for you, and I just, I don't know. Hold on. I got to scratch. I don't know why Le'Veon might want to come to Kansas City. But in your words, what when you heard that he was available, you heard the Chiefs were linked, what were the what was the first thing that popped in your mind as why it would make sense for both parties? So when Le'Veon was released by the Jets, we understood that he had six million dollars guaranteed still owed to him. That if he signed for one million dollars or five million dollars somewhere, he was still going to collect a total of six million dollars for this season. Unless someone offered him more than six million dollars, which that wasn't going to happen. They would have just traded for Le'Veon instead. Yeah. So it came down to what Le'Veon wanted most. And if what he valued most was the chance to win, he had one clear and obvious choice, and that was to go to Kansas City. If what he wanted was the opportunity to be a starter right away and potentially for the rest of the season, maybe there were other places that might have made more sense for him. Maybe Miami made more sense for him in that regard. Um, if he wanted to go somewhere close to home and familiar for him, Miami would have made the most sense. <laughs> he lives there and trains there during the off season. But uh, if you've been in the league for as long as he has and been through as much as he has, uh, at some point you got to prioritize winning. He has come from a winning organization. His first stop being the Steelers, though we never tasted the uh, you know Lombardi nectar, so to speak. So this is his best chance to not just win with the Chiefs. But also, if things go really well for Le'Veon, and I'd be betting on uh, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy offense every chance I could get, then maybe you yeah. reestablish your value because he's going to be a free agent come March, presuming the league calendar starts on time and as expected. And if he plays well in Kansas City, I can't expect another deal like he signed with the Jets, but I can at least expect a more substantial deal than he would get 
if he went somewhere else and didn't put up quite the numbers that I think he has a chance to reach with the Chiefs. Yeah, I think he's at that tricky age, that 28, 29 years old as far as getting that multi-year deal or has it become kind of a one-year thing? And and Field, I honestly think, you know, the the decision for him came down to he heard about Jack Stack Barbecue and how good it is in Kansas City. And we gotta we gotta thank our presenting sponsor here of Jack Stack Barbecue. I'm sure you had it when you were here in Kansas City uh for I used few to years. live off of it. Oh man. I used to live right around the corner in the plaza and uh mm-hmm. like you know when you're working on the football side, there's not a ton of extra moments during the season, but usually Friday nights for the one night where, and this was my, my former life of being unmarried and uh, not having much of a, uh, of a life at that point now, wife and family and all that. But um, you know, at that point it was like, you'd go, you'd grab some Jack stack, you'd go home, you'd watch a little bit of TV and catch up on some sleep that night. So I got a lot of love for Jack stack, man. I, that's one thing I miss a lot of things about Kansas city. But certainly the culinary experience is amongst the uh, things I miss the most. Phil, I have good news for you or bad news, depending on how, how you want to look at it, that uh, I'm married with kids and I still go to Jack's. I just get it for the whole family now. So we just there come home. We all sit together. So if you would have stayed here, nothing really would have changed. But uh, I want to ask this because as Chiefs fans and myself, we're just kind of sitting, just kind of having you know one eye on Twitter all day, trying to see if you know, the news would break. You know, one of the discussions that we had, and I had this argument, you tell me if I'm wrong. Um as far as Le'Veon's value going into free agency, because I was making the case that as far as maybe he gets a couple million dollars more from the Dolphins or whatever it was going to be, if they were offering yep. more money, I was making the case that he will be featured and set up better in Kansas City to look better, that he will raise his value enough to make up the difference that he may be giving up right now. So he comes and plays 12 to 15 snaps with Andy Reid, who has a plan for him, as opposed to going somewhere else where he may be getting 20, 25 carries that maybe there's a higher risk of him not performing to the level to get the contract that he would, even with fewer snaps in Kansas City. Yeah, it's nice to have the Kansas City cologne on you when you go to free agency, (laughs) right? Um, And so I think that the money part, while it wasn't irrelevant, I think it was not as much of a decision maker or a driving force in his decision as it would be under normal circumstances. And what I wanted to, what I spent the day talking about with people is that it's not that Le'Veon was going to make more than six million in total if he went somewhere else. But imagine if you are just, for example, Miami competing with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. You may have to fork over more money to Le'Veon to sell him on the idea of coming to Miami as opposed to going to Kansas City. And while, again, at the end of the day, he makes $6 million, whether Miami pays him $3 million or $1 million, or whether Kansas City pays him $1 million or any amount, <laughs> if someone is saying to you, hey, man, we really want you, and we're offering you $3 million, even though, again, at the end of the day, you're still collecting the same amount. It's almost like a sign of desire or respect, right? Um, mm-hmm. Now, if I were advising Le'Veon, I would tell him it, it doesn't matter what the money is because you're collecting <laughs> the same amount of money. And the reality is that the Chiefs, uh, in their salary cap situation and their roster, they may need to be more mindful of spending on someone that would be perhaps a luxury more so mm-hmm. than a necessity right now. So, It seems like Le'Veon followed that line of thinking. And to your point, yeah, he could have maybe gotten a bit more opportunity somewhere else. But I think there's a chance that if he goes to Kansas City, like it's hard for me to envision him 
not being a net positive for the Chiefs. I'm not saying he's going to go there and, you know, score eight touchdowns in the final nine, 10 games or everybody he's available for. But if he goes there, plays capably, catches the football well, scores a few touchdowns, I think it'll, it will, you know, turn itself or parlay itself into a reasonable contract in free agency, whether that's staying with Kansas City or whether that's going somewhere else where you're a chance to get more of your deck. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point there. And that's what I want to ask you about is how he may fit in Kansas City. Because no matter what you look at it, there weren't a lot of resources that were had to, had to give up to get a player like this. So for Brett Veach to be like, you're telling me I can get Le'Veon Bell and I don't have to pay that premium to bring him in. And he wants to win and kind of be a part of a team that can do something special this year. That makes all the sense in the world. But for Chiefs fans that may have just saw the games at the that the Steelers and the Chiefs played a few years ago that may not know quite how versatile Le'Veon Bell is. And I know you pay attention to the whole league and Le'Veon obviously is a guy that you've uh, paid a lot of attention to over the years. How did they use him and how do you project that may, we might see Andy Reid be able to move him around and the different things you can do with him to move around to give Patrick Mahomes more information with those weapons that he's got on the offensive side? Yeah, we used to say back in the day that if you put Le'Veon's uh, jersey as 86 and not 26, then you might have thought he was a Pro Bowl wide receiver because he's that talented as a pass catcher. So, BJ, one of the challenges we have all the time in evaluating players is uh, divorcing them from the context of the offense they're playing in, right? The reality is some players have benefited from playing in player-friendly offenses or uh, you know, you might look a lot better when you're catching passes from Patrick Mahomes than you are a league average quarterback. Uh, at the same time, you might look a lot worse if you're playing in an offense that could key on you or that defenses could key on you or that you have a bad offensive line or that you have a lack of weapons around you. Le'Veon Bell is averaging like 2.3 yards per carry this year. It's one of the worst figures in the NFL. He hasn't had a 20-yard run in the regular season since Christmas of 2017. It's been a while, right? So Mm -hmm. I think it's important to um, understand that, okay, so probably part of that, maybe a lot of that is due to the offense he was playing in, but it's also fair. I think it's fair to like temper expectations, or not temper expectations, but set up the appropriate expectations for Le'Veon in Kansas City. I think what he best represents, and this is my interpretation, you know, moments after he signed on Thursday, October 15th, is he is a, very gifted pass catching back. Your route running and your hands don't go anywhere. I think he is the kind of player that can handle a very heavy load if something ever happened to Clyde Edward Delaire, which uh, that's an important skill in the NFL. He can give you a little bit more in the running game um, than to complement Clyde. Uh, you know, Daryl Williams and, and, and Darwin Thompson to a degree have had, you know, they've had some level of role, Daryl, especially this year. But yep. Le'Veon, I think, has a chance to be end up being a, a an upgrade at the RB two spot, and mm-hmm. you know also he's a, a little bit of a mismatch. And uh, the Chiefs already have a lot of mismatches. But if and I don't, we don't know the details of the contract right now, other than that it's for one year. If it's for basically minimum money or close to it, BJ, I look at it like this: like you're the Chiefs, you've already climbed to the mountaintop, and your goal is to stay at the mountaintop you're going to have to take some swings here. And some of them might really work out. Some of them might not work out, but you, you got to give yourself a shot, right? So LaShawn McCoy last year didn't cost him the Super Bowl, but I also think that like, you know, LaShawn McCoy ended up being, he didn't even play in the Super Bowl. He was inactive, right? So like, 
is it worth it though? Of course it's worth it. You're going to have to take yeah. some of these calculated uh, swings that are really worth it. And then there's some that may not prove to be that worth it. But if the price is a million or so dollars, like I think in the NFL, that is, well, that's basically a heist, right? So if yeah. I'm the Chiefs, I consider this borderline a no-brainer to explore. And now that it's been executed, I expect pretty reasonable return here from Le'Veon Bell relative to how much I think he'll get paid. Yeah, a lot of Chiefs fans were, it seemed like, are you talking it from a fantasy football perspective because you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on your team? Or are you yeah. talking it from just a football perspective because bringing in Le'Veon had, doesn't have anything to do with the offensive line being upgraded or needing to make changes if the chief think that's important or Clyde Edwards, it's just upgrade the room, just put yeah. more talent in there, give more weapons to Andy Reed. And he's going to figure out a way in the best scenario to put everybody in a, a position to make plays. But I liked yeah. you talking about value and all those kinds of things and talking about millions of dollars here and millions of dollars of there, because that's not our money that we're talking about. But when it comes to fantasy football, there are a lot of people out there that want to know what this does for Le'Veon's value and what it does for Clyde Edwards, Elaire value. And I know you're going to be spending the next two days probably talking about this, but for us and for chiefs fans in particular, where do you see the value if at all changing for either one of them? So if let's start with Le'Veon Bell, a little bit easier to dive into that one. Hard for me to cast him as more than a flex play right now. Once he gets going, because a, we got to figure out what the role is. And B, I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is still a really talented player. So Le'Veon um, with the Jets was what we would call an RB2, which would be basically if you play in a 10-team league, it would be somewhere between the 11th and 20th best running back, 12-team league, somewhere between 13th and 24th. But basically, I'd, I'd say he's like a, around the 20 to 25th best running back in fantasy football based off how he was being utilized by the Jets and what they were getting out of their offense as a whole. I think with the Chiefs, he has a chance to be valuable, more valuable on a per-touch basis, but the volume, it's hard for me. I mean, I really don't think he's going to get like 20 touches a game with Kansas City. I could be way off there, but if he does, then that means the value of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has entirely cratered, right? And while Clyde, from a fantasy perspective, has just been adequate so far. He hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been great. He's only scored just one time. I can't imagine the Chiefs would ever get to a point where he's not being utilized at all. I think it impacts the role of, like I said, Darrell Williams and also Darwin Thompson more than it does Clyde Edwards Elaire. So I think from a fantasy perspective, Bell has a chance to work his way up to the flex radar. And I think with Clyde, you know, BJ, and uh, I was never pessimistic about Clyde, but mm -hmm. it didn't take long for me to understand that in this offense, like as much as you'd, you'd think like, oh yeah, you're playing for the Chiefs offense. You might just fall into the end zone from the one yard line 10 times in the given year. What the Chiefs also might do is Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy might have a bag of tricks that includes like eight different players scoring a touchdown from the five yard line in. So that's been part of the concern for Clyde early is that at the goal line or within the five yard line we've seen in recent weeks, Eric Fisher, Anthony Sherman, both Nicole Hardman on, and Tyree Kill on either reverses or basically just those little tap passes that count as receiving touchdowns, but they're essentially just handoffs by Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah. We've seen all those guys score. So I would say Clyde Edward Delaire's value as a running back in fantasy is probably somewhere between like 13 and 20 amongst all backs now, whereas going into the season, he was being drafted as like RB6 to 8. So 
a little bit of a, of a downward trajectory uh, right now. But, you know, again, Andy Reid, Brett Veach, Eric Bieniemy they care not about our evaluation for him as a fantasy football running back. The Chiefs are still very, very, very optimistic about Clyde's future going forward. All right, and I'm going to set you up. This is the money question. If you're a defensive coordinator that has to face the Chiefs the rest of the year, what are you thinking tonight? Uh, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not really a, a swear guy. I don't really swear. Um, and I don't think your show, you're too, not, you're too nice to, to swear. Yeah. It's not really, I'm not, I just, I, I made a pledge a few years ago and I don't, I don't really do it much anymore, but probably a lot of curse words, right? Like a lot of curse words. Um, yeah. yeah I was going to say like, just, you know, like, come on, you got to be kidding me. Right. Um, but I actually think the best analogy for what happened with Le'Veon Bell is like a buyout in basketball, right? Because it's basically what it was. I mean, it was, and we see this all the time in the NBA where, you know, notable players get bought out either just before or right after the NBA trade deadline. And they go sign with the contender, right? It was like all those years of LeBron with the Cavs, they filled their roster out with like the best available player amongst the buyout guys or the, the Warriors when they were at their apex or you name it, right? I mean, maybe that'd be the Lakers are going forward. Um, so I kind of look at it like that, like, Le'Veon Bell got bought out by the Jets, like didn't cost himself any money, and he got to make a decision about who's the best team. And so I think that's what defensive coordinators have to, have to be prepared for. I don't think that there are going to be a lot of other players that will be quote-unquote bought out like Le'Veon. But if there are, like I think one of the first calls that the agents for those players are going to make is to the Chiefs. Yeah, just that's keep right. Bringing it. Just, here. just keep coming. Now it's just it's just answering coming. the phone if you're Brett Veach. Just like who? Yeah, we could do that. Uh, yeah. No, I'm I'm glad you brought up uh, Lashawn McCoy because a lot of Chiefs fans they see a lot of the inactive streaks. Um, you know, down the stretch as a you know the the Lashawn McCoy thing didn't work. You hear that? You've been seeing that on Twitter. Lashawn McCoy put in some huge games and had some big performances for the Chiefs last year that ultimately put them in a position to be able to get the home field advantage towards the end of the year and all those things. So people want to bring up the latter part of, you know, the playoffs and those last few regular season games. Lashawn McCoy helped this team win. I know he Le'Veon Bell's four years younger, so this is not the same thing, but hopefully see the same kind of impact in uh in talking about, you know, what Le'Veon could bring to the locker room, because he, he has had things in his past. He sat out for the year. He's had some suspensions early in his career. But as far as how he would fit into the Chiefs locker room, it's not like he and Coach Reed haven't spent time together. They've been at Pro Bowls together when Coach Reed and the Chiefs staff have been down there. These players all hang out in the offseason. We saw this stuff with Chris Jones. So I want to ask you about the Pro Bowl stuff in particular, because that's where Coach and Le'Veon would have talked. And you tweeted out something the other day that got me interested. And I'm like, that's a great podcast idea. So that's immediately when I texted you, you tweeted out that the pro bowl, not going to have the game, but there's going to be a variety of engaging activities. And that oh, yeah, is just, that's golden to Twitter. And just anybody who's like, I could think of an engaging activity. I would like to see NFL players do. So putting you on the spot, what are, what's one engaging activity that you would love to see NFL players do instead of playing a pro bowl game? that everyone says they don't watch, but we all watch anyway. Well, again, the ratings are always like crazy bonkers, right? So people watch the Pro Bowl, even if they don't want to admit that they watch the Pro Bowl. So I believe that, you know, basically think of it not as like engaging activities that can take place in person. Think of it as like virtual engaging activities, right? So it's not like, hey, we can go play a big game. We can have like a tug of war in Las Vegas. No, like that's not going to happen, right? So you got to be thinking virtual. Either the kind of competition like horse, 
right? Like we right. saw that with the NBA. We saw it trying, it, yeah. Yeah, we saw the uh, the horse competition that broadcast on ESPN. And, you know, some people were like, you know, some of the quality was like, you know, some guys are basically doing it from, I mean, it was literally their homes. So the, yeah. the video quality wasn't like spectacular for some of them. But I was like, all right, I've been sitting at my house for like 40 <laughs> straight days. And I have been watching, like I've watched every show on Netflix imaginable. I want some competition yeah. in my life. So if you're going to get mad at me for enjoying Trey Young from his driveway against Mike Conley from his beautiful in-home arena, then go ahead and get mad at me. Uh, so anyways, what I was thinking about is like, I'm sure there's a video game hook here, right? Like, I feel yeah. like what you need to do is you need to take a player. So let's just say um, that it's Lamar Jackson and mm-hmm. you need to take him and he has to challenge Aaron Rodgers to a game of Madden. But Lamar has to play with the Packers and Aaron has to play with the Ravens. You can't play with yourself Ooh. because you never, ever, ever want to play with somebody besides yourself, I would think. Um, especially when you're Lamar Jackson, right? Because in Madden, he's a cheat code. So I yeah. feel like there's got to be some sort of video game element that starts right there. That, to me, has to be has to happen. Ooh, that's a great idea. Um, that's much better than the idea I had, which was completely destroyed by COVID the more that I thought about it. And I was like, you can, oh, I thought like, like a poker game, but like, you can't like poker. they touch, like you're you touching the cards and everything. But if there was some I way to do cards like cards against humanity. Ooh. You ever play that game? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, yes. it certainly brings out some, uh, some hilarious moments. And I think that <laughs> yes. would be, uh, you know, you would, you could probably virtually deal cards and cards against humanity. So that's to There's me something there. like a winner. There's, there's something a there. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. There's something there with that game. Yeah. Any kind of board game, anything like you normally play just yourself and you just want to see NFL players be normal people and just like yeah. get mad when uh, you play Monopoly and people build up all, you know, they buy up all the you railroads could, and you could probably do like also, you know, like a mini basketball hoop, right? Like the pop a shot yeah. uh, that could be conducted. You know, you'd have a timer. You have to get the same apparatus. Um, Speaking of dogs, I can hear a dog in the background. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, dog dogs are going to get involved organically. Kids are going to yeah. get involved. My kids are probably going to come down here in a couple minutes because I think they just got home from their okay. walk. So, yeah I, yeah, I I was given 25 minutes and then they're coming right back because it's about bedtime. But uh, Field Yates, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Do you have any final words about Le'Veon Bell to the Chiefs for Chiefs Kingdom? Yeah, I would just say that be excited that when a player has the opportunity to go basically wherever he wants, he chooses Kansas city. That's really compelling and really exciting. Um, and I don't know if it's going to work out perfectly, but it's got a chance to work out really well. And that's exciting as well. And then my big message is just, uh, let's hang in this together, right? It's a lot of football left to be played and let's hope that we can play all that football and let's hope that everybody does uh, their own small part, uh, to get, uh, us to the end of the season. Uh, and play a Super Bowl in February in Tampa Bay. Absolutely. Thank you, Phil Yates. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I've been drinking the Kool-Aid since before it was announced that I trust Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid together. And you got a motivated 28-year-old talent who wants to prove a lot of people wrong. There's not a better scenario for somebody to step up and make plays. And being a diehard Chiefs Kingdom member, I am here for it, Field Yates. We appreciate your time joining us on Outside the Trenches. Thanks to our friends at Jack Stack Barbecue. Field, we'll talk soon. Thank you.